0: Hello, and welcome to Make It Clear, a conversational podcast about all things related to water and wastewater. I'm your host, Angela Bounds, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Rapp. In each episode, we'll tackle a relevant topic with facts and expert opinions and make things clear. Hello, and thanks for joining us again. There's a lot of discussion in the world around sustainable technologies, whether that be sustainable cars, sustainable wastewater, just sustainable infrastructure in general. We hear a lot about reduce, reuse, and recycle. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about what that means in our world, in the
1: world of wastewater.
0: And we brought in Gary Lee Espinoza to talk with us today. Hi, Gary Lee.
1: Hello. Good afternoon
0: and sean is here with us as always as always keep us in line make sure we don't (laughs) say anything crazy gary lee can you gary lee's been with us before but can you tell them again what your position is and how long exactly you've been here aside from almost forever
1: (laughs) yeah sure again my name is gary Lee espinosa i am a senior systems engineer working primarily in the Northeast region. And I focus on wastewater collection and treatment for small communities and municipalities. And I am going coming in October. It will be my 25th year here at Arenco.
0: Yeah, you've maintained employment for 25 years.
1: It, yeah, it's it's getting to where <laughs> I am now the old man here. Isn't and, that
0: crazy how that yeah, shifts?
1: And I've got it's a, really a lot weird, of youngins below me. So, you know, one of I, am 54, so mm-hmm. about 10 years to retirement. So it's my goal is really to try and impart what I've learned mm-hmm. to the next group that will help to, you know, keep expanding this company and keep its growth going. Yeah.
0: That's a whole different conversation that we should probably have at some point with people who have been with the company forever and how interesting that is to transition from that younger generation of people working in the business and to stick with it for over two decades and then be the one who's actually training people up and more elder in your position. It's a really nice way of saying it, huh? Yeah. I was trying to find nice words to say. (laughs) Right. All right. So let's talk about reuse. So that we have a common point of reference to talk about reuse. Why don't you define some terms for us, Gary Lee? Let's start with recycled or reused water.
1: Yeah. So... Recycled reused water is basically, it's treated domestic strength wastewater that is used for another purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, before passing it back into the water cycle. You know, a a good example of this would be, you know, groundwater recharge by way of drain fields or or even irrigation like that.
0: Great. So, let's define non-potable reuse
1: that is uh, reclaimed water that is not suitable for drinking but can be used in a variety of other non-drinking water applications mm-hmm. some examples of this would be uh, you know you know wastewater reused for things like uh, cooling towers dust control and and then also irrigation you know a good example of that would be golf courses golf courses use non-potable water, reclaimed water, for their irrigation.
0: Great. And then what about stormwater? Why don't you define stormwater?
1: I mean, stormwater is pretty basic. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just the surface runoff resulting from rainfall or snowmelt. And you'll probably start seeing a lot of that coming around as people Mm -hmm. are looking to find ways to recapture you know, rainwater mm-hmm. and reuse it, Yeah. especially in areas with a lot of water scarcity.
2: Yeah. That would include things like, you know, parking lot runoff mm-hmm. and your gutter downspouts and things like Which that. Which is
1: actually pretty interesting because they're, it's been a while, but I remember reading some accounts that they were looking to, that in some states they were looking to make that type of reclamation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, almost illegal on there
0: well there are states that where it's illegal to harvest Harvest. your rainwater Mm -hmm.
1: so you just almost kind of just blows your mind when you think about that it does on there
0: so all right as most of you have probably come to know we deal a lot with collection and treatment of water so why don't we talk about what is the need for us to worry about treating water That we're just going to reuse?
1: Well, the need to treat wastewater you plan on reusing is really dependent upon what its reuse is and the risk of human contact. Mm -hmm. You can actually kind of visualize this. You know, if you visualize these reuse applications as a ladder, with Mm -hmm. say the lowest rungs of the ladder being restricted access, meaning Mm -hmm. there's little to no human contact. And then the high, and as you go up, especially up to the the higher rungs, which would be unrestricted access, meaning increased potential for human contact. Well, as you climb that ladder, the risk potential, the complexity of treatments, and the costs start to increase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, reuse options on the lower rungs probably won't require complex technologies like disinfection because the potential for human contact is low, whereas as you go higher up the ladder, human contact is increased. Therefore, some advanced treatment, you know, coupled with probably some type of disinfection Mm -hmm. and then increased monitoring would probably be required for that.
0: All right. So, keeping in mind that there are varying degrees of treatment versus the potential of human contact… Let's start with the most basic groundwater recharge.
1: Groundwater recharge is a good example of the lowest rung on the ladder. You know, this would be considered a very basic reuse application. Mm-hmm. And, and and really it's probably the most used today even if people don't don't realize it. It's the typical septic tank to a drain field setup where, mm-hmm. you know, so the septic tank retains the solids for anaerobic digestion. And then, of course, the effluent is conveyed either by gravity or pump to a drain field. Because this waste is contained from where it exits the dwelling to the drain field, which is its final destination, there's little, you know, to no potential for human contact, except for probably. In a maintenance situation, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's reuse application. It's a reuse application that doesn't typically require disinfection,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the ground itself will actually provide some of the final treatment before it actually gets recharged back into the groundwater.
0: Yeah. So a similar application would be subsurface irrigation. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yes subsurface irrigation is really not that much different from the Mm -hmm. groundwater recharge in its design. You know, it's still water discharging into the ground. However, you know, its purpose is not for recharge, but specifically for irrigation. Mm -hmm. You know, this could be lawn or landscaping Mm -hmm. plants, but but again, you know, the potential for human contact is pretty much low to none, and uh, it's -hmm. still contained and discharge underground. So again, this would be one of those applications that would be on the row, on the lower rung of that ladder mm-hmm. since its potential for human contact is low. But the level of treatment might need to increase
2: mm-hmm.
1: beyond what the typical septic tank to drain fill can provide, mainly because you don't want to cause any kind of operational issues of irrigation the irrigation conveyance system a mm-hmm. good example would be a drip irrigation there you know septic tank effluent coming out of going into a drain field still has mm-hmm. some particulate matter in it yep so you really can't take that same temp waste and go to something like a drip irrigation which has very small emitters and a very low loading rate mhm and so you would probably have to require some additional, some advanced treatment to remove some of that particulate matter out before right. it went out to a drip irrigation. So right. it's it's kind of like the next step up above in that rung from the groundwater recharge.
2: Just to be clear though, we're not talking about using irrigation for like a vegetable garden or something because that would not fall into the same category. It's no, not treated because, high enough.
1: Yeah, because that's the, the word subsurface means underground. underground. So so you know, drip irrigation is that underground. But yes, uh, Sean's right, this is not something that where you would be spraying over the top of your, your vegetables there for that type of irrigation.
0: So let's that's a good segue right into the next rung, or what I assume mm-hmm. is going to be your next rung since we've talked about the two basic applications that are buried, now we should probably look at some applications that have potential for human contact, so mm-hmm. surface irrigation mm-hmm. and dust control.
1: Yeah, so again, if we go back to that, the, to the ladder analogy, you know, surface irrigation and dust control are on the upper, you know, up on that upper rungs of mm-hmm. that ladder because you know now it's above surface now no. now there is a real potential for human contact and we are not jar- discharging directly into the ground so you know any increased risk you know can be mitigated by adding highly understood proven stages of a treatment process to to prevent adverse health implications but mm-hmm. since the possibility for human contact increases, you know, redundancy may need to be added to the critical processes along with increased monitoring and system performance. Mhm. More than the lower rungs of reuse, proper management, monitoring and regulatory enforcement are crucial to ensure safe and reliable performance. You know, so with that, I mean you can really see that the treatment for this type of reuse application, mhm. It starts to get a little more complex. We're no longer looking at the septic tank and water coming out of septic tank into the ground. We are now looking at additional processes for additional treatment, and then more than likely disinfection yeah. at that point. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about probably one of the most common and the one that we care about the most, and that is reusing the water for toilet flushing. Hmm. What do you think
1: about that? Yeah. Yeah, we're just continuing to just crawl up that ladder. Do, 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 do. Yeah. It's almost, uh, you know, you just keep going up and we're getting stricter and we're getting into that potential. So, you know, I mean, this is an idea of, you know, this is the idea that we would treat the wastewater so clean
2: mm-hmm. that it
1: be it could be reused as toilet flushing water. You know, this is actually starting to become more popular idea, especially in areas where, you know, water scarcity, it's an issue. Mm -hmm. It's probably its greatest benefit is that energy really can be saved because you're actually applying recycled water close to its point of generation.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: But, you know, reusing treatment wastewater for toilet flushing, Mm -hmm. it is highly regulated due to the likelihood of human contact. I mean, right. it's going to be inevitable that people are going to come in contact with that. So mm-hmm. you can always guarantee that it's always going to require advanced treatments mm-hmm. and some disinfection mm-hmm. and maybe some additional complex processes. So again, when you look at that, we're just adding more to an overall treatment process. And with that, it also comes with a high cost per treated gallon uh, on there. Yeah, or a, a higher cost uh, per mm-hmm. trillion gallon. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, what other applications can you think of that we should discuss?
1: Uh, you know, using recycled water. When I to kind of think about this, using recycled water for potable water is probably I would almost say is the crown jewel of water reuse. You know, mm-hmm. being able to use that water in your cooking and being able to to drink that. You know, and it's not because we don't have the technology. We do have the technology. It's actually been around for decades. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you think about it, the astronauts have to drink their recycled urine on the space station. So it is there, you know, so why are we, you know, and that was back in the 60s. They're still doing it. And I'm sure the processes have gotten any better. So, you know, the only reason this really isn't popular or really has not been implemented is... It's basically comes down to public perception, Mm -hmm. really, in the end. Until the public can overcome the thought that they're drinking recycled wastewater, you know, it would be a tough battle to overcome in bringing this type of reuse Mm -hmm. to the masses. And I know they've been exploring it. You know, they've I've even watched programs where they showed at the L.A. treatment plant the Los Angeles treatment plant Mm -hmm. where they've recycled that water to drinking water and the guy takes it right out of the tap and and drinks it. But again, it's that public perception on there. And it kind of is akin to the word of septic where we have to, we had to, you know, Orenco really worked diligently to overcome that perception of that word septic as being, Mm -hmm. you know, a bad thing and as actually being more beneficial. So you know really i think everybody's kind of on board with just about every other way of reuse but when uh-huh. it comes to that i mean it's it's just that thought it's a public perception who so knows it's, it's in stigma. the future right, <laughs> it, right. You, yeah, we stigma. might end up coming to where we have no no choice but to do it
0: mm-hmm. well i think that i think that society has to see water as a finite resource and understand mm-hmm. that the stories that talk about how you are drinking water that was at one time urine or something is probably pretty close to true.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: It's likely that that's occurred. I've had multiple conversations with people where they are shocked that, you know, the sewage treatment plant we have lots of rivers around here. We, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Oh yeah. We, the, Treatment plants discharge into them, the Mm -hmm. water sources draw Mm -hmm. out of them. And Mm -hmm. when I have conversations with people about it, I'm like, well, tell me how you think this works then, because this is where the wastewater treatment plant is, and this is where one of the drinking water stations is. So Mm -hmm. how do you you think that's working? Because I can tell you how that's working. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and, and and actually, what's coming typically? What's coming out of a municipal treatment plant is probably cleaner. What's in the than what's in the river? Right. The local river that I that I know around here. I mean, you know like the South Home Call. When you think of all the agriculture mm-hmm. that is actually all up and down.
0: Yeah. That you and know, all that agricultural and the, runoff. All that
1: agricultural mm-hmm. runoff going mm-hmm. in there really what's coming out of the treatment plant is cleaner than what's in there. Mm-hmm. But yet we have no problem in swimming in it. And, right, right. you know, when we get it in our mouths in and, our ears, and, you know, and in our ears and in yep. our eyes and things like that. So yep. it is kind of funny when you have that, you know, there's that perception. I'm not drinking that and everything, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to go ahead and dive into the river. And right when there's a, an algae alert, alert, you know, yeah. out So, you know,
2: if people really thought about it, when they take the water out of the river for drinking water purposes, they still have to treat it before it gets sent down to their homes
0: anyway. Yeah. So, But that's still where it's coming from.
1: It's still treated,
0: but that's where it's coming from.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's a public perception. It's kind of a funny thing. But, you you know, as I, you know, what do we see on the front pages? You know, there's a lot of water. People are experiencing Mm -hmm. record droughts. Yeah. I've seen the photos of Lake Mead from 10 yeah. years ago yeah. to where they're at today and well it's like you uh, said Angela people need to look that it's it's a finite resource and I think we're going to find out the hard way.
0: Yeah. Well we've been here in Oregon we've been in what's been called a rare drought. I didn't realize there was something above extreme until we mm-hmm. until we went into it but we've been in a rare drought for the past few years.
1: Well yeah. Yeah.
0: So so aside from the perceptions, mm-hmm. what other challenges do you commonly see or hear about when talking about
1: reuse? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of challenges. I mean, there's still challenges that it that exists, you know, particularly the problem with persistent chemicals and mm. emerging contaminants in the waste stream. Yeah. You know, in yeah. the water stream. Which can be dif- difficult to detect and treat. Right, right. And many people still, you know, object to the idea of reusing treated wastewater, right. despite the fact all water, and we just kind of talked about this, right, all water right. is ultimately recycled, recycled on a large scale yeah. in the natural environment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, I mean, uh, human ingenu- uh, you know, ingenuity and determination probably motivi- motivated by, you know, a, Increasing stress on the you know on the water supply and the quality of water mm-hmm. probably should prevail over these challenges, very much like the decentralized wastewater market that we we work in mm-hmm. decentralized wastewater solutions they have gone mainstream mm-hmm. and they've had to overcome the historical shortcomings of the big the big pipe sewer approach right. And the recycling of wastewater for reuse at any scale mm-hmm. is becoming a common discussion point. Right. So, you know, as as water continues to become world's most precious resource, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna overcome some of those barriers that really prevent us from really putting water reuse into a into a much larger scale. So, what do you the think masses. that future looks like? I mean, i I would see that future look like would be treating our wastewater, just like we said, and returning it into potable. I mean, how much? Think of how much water we use. Oh yeah, in potable water. I mean, I'm very aware that when I want to, you know, in the morning I sit there and I, I try to think up ways to do this, but uh, you know, when I want to heat up my my coffee cup, you know. I'm running the water when I want warm Mm -hmm. water to come in the first thing in the morning. I'm running that tap for quite a while Mm -hmm. to get that warm water there. How much water did I use, you know, in there? How much do we waste when we're washing our hands? You know, we're Mm -hmm. washing our hands on there. So it, it, you know, I really see the discussion of of turning this into potable water Mm -hmm. as being a big challenge that or not a big challenge but as really the way to go
0: an opportunity
1: as an opportunity uh, on yeah. there if we can just overcome that that perception that's that the, the public perception that yeah. stigma of it and it's, I don't mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be an easy road but I mean no. it's I mean you like I said you can explain it in the logic well you, you know it, it, on a large scale you are drinking reclaimed wastewater. No matter what you do, what is yeah. coming out of your tap is reclaimed wastewater that has been treated at some yeah. point or another. So, yeah, I and I just I think that discussion is going to grow with the droughts and the water supplies uh, as they dwindle, and especially for homes that are off the grid and are in these drought-stricken climates point of origin reuse is going mm-hmm. to be more and more important. Yeah. In right. the future.
0: I would agree with that. All right, great discussion today, Gary Lee. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: Not really. It's no matter what we do we do like I said, we do water reuse on mm-hmm. a small scale in any septic system going to a drain field mm-hmm. on there, but Uh, What I would hope is that the cost to implement a true point of origin water reuse that cost would be able to come down, and I think that is also a barrier on that. Mm -hmm. But you know, as things start to, as technology gets better and it and it gets better scale, I could see those costs coming down. But it's it's been really tough to implement those type of things. But yeah. um, all we can do, everybody is keep up the good fight. And honestly, I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to have to get to some tough love and have some tough discussions and right. it'll be a point that we can't avoid it any longer. Right. Right.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Gary Lee, for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you. For, and, thank you for having me. And thanks, Sean.
1: You guys you all have a great day. All right. You too. <laughs> Talk to you guys later
0: we want to thank you again for joining us today. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts so you're notified when new episodes are posted. Also, you can leave your comments or suggestions through the contact link on our website, www.orenko.com. Until next time, have a great day.